This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Halloween edition of the Truth Hurts Program, a program so scary we don't need costumes. We don't need ghoulish music. We don't need anything to scare the hell out of you. All we have to do is mention one name, and it should scare the living hell out of each and every one of you. That name, of course, is Joe Biden. But before I get into Biden bashing this morning, I want to read something that I just saw on the Radar Online website. Vladimir Putin's doctors are freed from corpse-sitting duty as the Russian leader's rumored death is declared, according to a report, a state secret. Vladimir Putin's doctors were reportedly freed from corpse-sitting duty this week after the Russian leader's rumored death was officially declared a state secret, according to the publication Radar Online. In the latest development to come after the Russian telegram channel General SVR claimed that Putin, age 71, passed away last week due to a myriad of health issues, the outlet reported on Monday. Russian leaders' personal doctors were then freed from his private residence in Russia. General SVR is a news organization who reported Putin's doctors were forced to sign non-disclosure agreements connected to the Russian leader's alleged death and ordered not to leave the region. Telegram Channel says the medical personnel who were involved in the treatment and resuscitation of Putin were kept for some time on the territory in the residence in Valdai, but after the go-ahead from the Secretary of the Security Council of the Russian Federation, Nikolai Petrushev, they were conditionally released under the non-disclosure agreement and are now at their place of permanent residence under a ban on leaving the region. Putin's death, as it turns out, may be a state secret. Another surprising part of this report says that Putin's family was held hostage after his alleged death, while his rumored longtime lover, Alina Kabeva, was placed under the control of the Federal Security Service. Part of the late president's family found themselves hostage to the situation, and their fate is being decided by the current leadership of the country, with Putin's partner Alina Kabeva and her children under the control of the people from the Presidential Security Service who are now subject to Petroshev's orders and instructions. According to that General SVR report, certain compromises have been reached with the president's daughters. They are ready to support the myth of an allegedly living Putin, but at the same time they are moving forward a number of conditions that have been accepted. We don't know if he's dead or alive, my friends, but the rumors of the Russian president's death are just like the rumors that Joe Biden is mentally cognizant and capable of running the United States of America. I think it's literally a race to the finish for both of these old guys, and we'll just have to wait and see. No one has seen Vladimir Putin in public for several days, even as much as a couple of weeks. Hey, remember when Donald Trump cut taxes and everybody was living a much better life? Everybody had a much better financial outlook? Unemployment was low, wages were steady, jobs were plentiful, taxes were lower, and the interest rates were nowhere near as much as they are now? Remember before Joe Biden ushered in over 17% 
raise in prices due to Bidenomics inflation? Yeah. We can all look back and smile on the days when Donald Trump was the president, but according to the Go Banking Rates website, David Nadell writes, Trump-era tax cuts are set to expire, and here's how much more you will pay. When the year 2025 draws to a close, if we are stuck with Joe Biden and Donald Trump doesn't come back into power and reissue tax cuts, so will the many sweeping Trump-era Republican tax breaks that were established by the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. While Donald Trump's legislation made some tax cuts to corporate profits permanent, lowered individual tax rates will expire on December 31st, 2025 and will revert back to Obama-era levels. Largely dependent upon which party ends up controlling Congress and the White House after inaugural day of 2025 in January, the tax code changes are coming. Whether cuts will be kept by Republicans or rates rewritten by Democrats or whether a divided government will agree on some sort of bipartisan compromise, taxpayers of every political persuasion will be adversely affected. In an editorial on Real Clear Politics, Julio Gonzalez, the CEO and founder of Engineered Tax Services, warns of the harsh reality facing Congress. He said, we're in a situation in which many American families and businesses are hanging on by a thread. Letting the non-permanent provisions of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Acts expire would be catastrophic to our overall economy and to the well-being of many working American families. The bottom line is, those tax cuts will expire, and it is very unlikely that Joe Biden and the Democrats will allow the tax cuts to remain in place. So on top of 17 plus percent inflation under Joe Biden, your taxes are getting ready to go up. Why? Joe Biden has to cover all of the expenses of literally millions. I'm not exaggerating. It's not hyperbole, as Biden would say millions of illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing migrants from Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, and other Latin American countries, not to mention tens of thousands of Chinese Communist Party people now infiltrating our country. And, of course, those sand people, the terrorists from the Middle East, siphoning across our border, sleeping through the cracks, and preparing for the next mega 9-11 style event to hit the United States. I just don't get it. Yesterday, your not so physically fit President Joe Biden stumbled and almost face planted once again at a labor event. Joe Biden's age and mental status are raising concerns, especially after a recent incident in which he stumbled multiple times once again while climbing a set of steps. His team is taking precautions, having him wear tennis shoes, limiting stair climbs so he can avoid further falls. He's receiving physical therapy to improve his balance. According to Michael Eustace online at Twitter, formerly Twitter, it's now X, Joe Biden tripping and falling has become so routine that most Americans don't even pay attention anymore, but we sure as hell should be paying attention because the rest of the world certainly is stumbling, mumbling Joe today in Philadelphia. It happened actually yesterday. There he goes, tripping up the steps, grabbing on the guardrail. 
and then smiling smugly. I'll do this one one more time. You can't see the audio. He takes one step up, trips, takes a second step up, trips, and manages to grab himself. And some of these labor union pukes are sitting there applauding him as if he's done some major stupid human trick. He just managed to finally walk up three steps without face planting right into the metal floor. It is really, really sickening to watch this guy. The levels of elder abuse. His wife and family should be ashamed of themselves for not telling this 80-year-old dude, it's time to retire, bro. It's time to just step down. Here's some proof that your president, Joe Biden, has dementia. I want to play for you a little piece from a video clip that I just found and let's see what this one says. Senator, excuse me, I'm you. He's doing a hell of a job. Do I walk here? Do I go uh, there? Mr. President, thank you. It's over here. The At the end of such a momentous event, the word thank you seems kind of inadequate. Poodle's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah. Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> what do you say to Vladimir Putin? <laughs> Answer the first question? <laughs> I'm laughing too. They actually. Uh, well, look, I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, uh, Alrighty, there we go from Life's Biggest Questions, proof that Biden has dementia. He was giving candy out to children. Pedo Pete, the pedophile, the child hair sniffing, little girl chest groping Joe Biden was seen last night handing out candy to trick-or-treaters. It's unbelievable. And he's grabbing two pieces of candy to put in one little person's bag a little Blafrican-American girl dressed like a princess, and then a little white boy dressed like a wizard. Oh, he just looks so happy. He's getting to touch little children. And then he grabs two boxes of what looks like candy cigarettes, and he drops one, and his hands are shaking violently as if he's having some sort of seizure. But there's his favorite. Two little white girls, probably four or five years old. Oh, you know, he was thinking about if he had a Viagra, he'd just be the happiest president on planet Earth. Oh, what a sick, twisted man Joe Biden is. If there were just a way, a way to see that a president was either incapable, incompetent, physically or mentally unfit to hold office, oh wait, there is, the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution. Ah, that would never work. All of his cronies sit in all of the positions of power that have the power to initiate the 25th, so we're out. If only we could catch this president, you know, influence peddling or selling state secrets to a foreign government or being engaged in illegal, traitorous, unlawful business practices. Oh, we, we got that too? Yeah, if only we had a Justice Department that wasn't controlled by the same party that this president is involved with, they could prosecute this guy. And if only we had a Speaker of the House that had the balls to go forward with an impeachment against the President. After all, Kevin Mc... That's right. Kevin McCarthy's gone. And now we have a new Speaker of the House. Georgia Gilali writes in the 1945 publication, 
Speaker Johnson very likely to impeach Joe Biden amid bribery claims. We'll have to see. I don't hold out very much hope for the normally cowardly Republicans in Congress, but in a recent interview with Fox News host Sean Hannity, newly elected Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, the Republican from Louisiana, indicated that there is a strong likelihood that President Joe Biden has indeed committed impeachable offenses. The statement, of course, comes after former Speaker, the ousted Kevin McCarthy, launched a formal impeachment inquiry back in September, focusing on whether Joe Biden's actions were influenced by his cocaine addict son Hunter's business dealings. Back then, McCarthy said President Biden faced allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption, which warranted further investigation. The inquiry aimed to determine if the evidence could lead to an impeachment trial. But Joe Biden steadfastly wagged his fingers at the cameramen and the reporters and denied any wrongdoing. Of course, he's changed his tune how many times? And he's a known liar, plagiarizer, and bullshit artist. The White House spokesperson Ian Sams emphasized that House Republicans have been investigating the president for nine months and they've turned up no evidence of wrongdoing. Well, I don't think they were digging hard enough using rhinos with little plastic shovels. Perhaps now with some metal shovels, some excavators and some bulldozers doing to Biden what was done to Donald Trump, we will find the actual evidence and impeach this clown. During the interview, Mike Johnson expressed his commitment to following due process and following the rule of law. He stated, quote, the reason we shifted to the impeachment inquiry stage on the president himself was because if, in fact, all the evidence leads to where we believe it will, that's very likely impeachable offenses. He pointed out that the Constitution lists bribery as a cause for impeachment. He believes some of the evidence looks and smells a lot like that. While acknowledging there's a lot of public anticipation regarding impeachment, Speaker Mike Johnson emphasized the importance of the evidence-based approach. He said, quote, I know people are getting anxious and they're getting restless and they just want somebody to be impeached, but we don't do that like the other team. We have to base it on the evidence. Hey America, do you remember when Joe Biden introduced legislation called the Infrastructure Bill and it was over a trillion dollars? Remember that? $1.2 trillion for infrastructure. He wanted to build new power lines and power grids and upgrade the aging electric grid. He wanted new internet pathways and roads and bridges to be repaired. But that entire so-called infrastructure bill turned out to be a climate change lie. Now Joe Biden is once again announcing $1.3 billion in Texas, new taxes, to build power lines and upgrade an electric grid that is aging. This was reported by Rebecca Picciato on CNBC. Joe Biden stroked the mighty pen and approved $1.3 billion to build three new interstate power lines to help transition the U.S. electricity grid to clean energy. The 2035 deadline set by the Biden administration to convert the nation to a carbon-free, pollution-free power sector is in heap big trouble, 
But this federal funding represents a tiny little scoot forward. Electric transmission line development is complicated. It runs into construction and planning obstacles, especially if those new power lines run through areas with spotted owls or other endangered species. But you've noticed recently Joe Biden doesn't care about the environment. He doesn't care about endangered species. He doesn't care about clean water because Joe Biden, after promising that a not another foot of new wall would be built at the southern border, waived dozens of EPA and animal regulations and clean water regulations to hell with the environment, to hell with preserving endangered species. He is going to build miles of new wall. I guess Joe Biden, who lies just for the sake of lying, could say, I promised you I wouldn't build another foot of new wall, but now I'm building 20 miles of wall and that's not a foot. So yeah, technically I didn't lie to you. These new transmission lines will cross through Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And I'm sure if you follow the money trail, you'll find that all of the contracts for all of these new power projects will be going to contractors who are part of the Biden clown show. Switching gears here today, if you want some fast food, the New York Post's Shannon Thaler penned an article entitled, McDonald's Revenue Soars as it hikes menu prices. $18 Big Macs? McDonald's on Monday reported that its revenue was up 14% in the latest quarter, a surge that the burger giant said was driven by strategic menu price increases. The Golden Arches brought in a total of $6.7 billion in revenue in a three-month period that ended September 30th, and that beat the expectations of $6.58 billion. That's a lot of money coming in, but they're also spending a lot of money going out. McDonald's has 13,513 restaurants in the U.S. alone. And with over 38,000 overseas, they did not disclose how much the franchiser had increased their prices, which vary between locations. But one branch in Darien, Connecticut, charges as much as $18 for a Big Mac combo meal, which includes medium fries and a medium soft drink. Meanwhile, that same Big Mac combo will run a hungry patron $13.69 in Times Square. Shares of McDonald's stock were up about a percent in pre-market trading following the release of their third quarter earnings report. Net income rose $2.3 billion, which was up from $1.98 billion the same period last year. Ba-da-ba-ba, oh no, not me, buddy. One social media poster wrote a value meal at McDonald's now costs as much as a regular meal at a lot of sit-down restaurants like Applebee's. Remember when McMuffins were two for three dollars? Another app writer said, the McDonald's app in New York City where the one, two, three dollar menu doesn't have actually anything priced at one or two dollars. The cheapest option is a small order of fries which will now run a hungry customer $2.49 for an order of small fries? I don't think so. Well, folks, it's time.
time to start cooking at home, bringing your lunch in a cooler, and doing what you can to save money in Joe Biden's inflationary United States of America. America's Insider writes, one simple question, what did Joe Biden do for these companies? Best-selling author Alex Marlowe believes that congressional investigators should question the Bidens about their involvement with certain companies as part of their ongoing investigation into alleged corruption in the Biden family. Marlowe suggests that investigators should focus asking specific individuals like James Biden and Hunter Biden, what did you do for these companies? The answers could be shocking or even damaging to Joe Biden's reputation. What did you do for these companies? He needs to ask in each and every case, and it's going to be exhausting, James Biden, what did you do for this company? What did you do for that company? What did you do to earn $10 million from this other company? He needs to ask Hunter Biden, what did you do for these companies? Frank Biden, what were you specifically doing that you earned $20 million or $10 million or $1 million or 800000 They're going to answer the questions. Of course, the answers will be absolutely insane. And if the public gets wind of the answers, could be dangerous for Joe Biden. Unless, of course, the rest of the Bidens will simply do what Joe does and lie and state that they did this, that, and the other for those companies. I don't trust the Biden family. And I also don't trust, thank you, I also don't trust the congressmen who are asking the questions, or more importantly, not asking the right questions. That, my friends, should scare the hell out of you. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Newsweek's Matt Impelli writes, Supreme Court could upend how police operate. The United States Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments today for a case that could potentially upend how police operate through the United States of America. On Monday, justices listened to oral arguments in a case called Cully v. Marshall, which relates to civil asset forfeiture, and if local courts should provide individuals a probable cause hearing after a piece of property is seized by police. Civil asset forfeiture happens when a person's property is permanently taken from them, even though they were never convicted of or pled guilty to a criminal offense. There are civil asset forfeiture laws in all 50 states, and each state has a different policy on how to report these incidents and where the proceeds from those forfeited assets end up. If the Supreme Court decides to rule in favor of the plaintiffs, it may well alter the way police conduct seizures and traffic stops in the future. According to the Supreme Court blog, the case was brought by two women from Alabama who had their vehicles seized after they were being driven by another individual and police discovered drugs inside. Now imagine this, you get carjacked at an intersection or you loan your car to Cousin Bob. I'm just gonna run up to the liquor store and buy us a 12 pack of Coronis. But on the way home, either the thieves with the stolen car get caught with drugs inside, or Cousin Bob gets caught with more than just those coronies inside. He has a meth pipe, crack pipe, or what have you. In the laws in all 50 states, the cops can seize that car because there were drugs inside and sell the car. And the owners get screwed. And guess what? The insurance company will not pay 
for that car. After more than a year, the two women in Alabama got their cars back, but during the time, one of them was unable to find work because she had no transportation and she fell behind on her bills. Both of these women filed lawsuits in federal court where they alleged the failure of state and local governments to provide them with a prompt hearing after their cars were taken violated their constitutional rights ding, to due process. That is, to be provided with the proper procedural protections. At the beginning of the October session, the Supreme Court began their newest term. They're hearing oral arguments on an array of different cases, this one being one of them. There are arguments on both sides of this issue, and we will have to wait eagerly to find out what the outcome will be. Hopefully, if you are the innocent victim of such a carjacking or a car theft, or you loan the car to Cousin Bob to go down to the convenience store to get you some Coronis, and drugs are found in the car because he put them there, and you were just an innocent person, you should be able to get your car back. That just makes sense. But this is Biden's America, and we've seen what's been happening. Another massive migrant caravan is in Mexico now, in the south part of Mexico, and they're headed north, headed for the U.S., which doesn't make sense in the wintertime. It's colder up here than it is down in South Mexico. A large caravan comprising many Central Americans and Venezuelans left southern Mexico yesterday on foot, headed for the United States, carrying the flags of their own countries that they are supposedly so oppressed in. Why would you want to carry a flag of the country that is doing you wrong? Doesn't make sense. Tens of thousands of migrants are headed our way and Joe Biden simply going to let them on in. Just let them on in to do whatever the hell they want. This is the Truth Hurts program. Remember those fake names that Joe Biden's been using? 82,000 pages of emails from email accounts using different names have been turned over by the National Archives and Records Administration. Part of the Freedom of Information Act lawsuit by the Southeastern Legal Foundation against the National uh, Archives, House Republicans seeking unredacted emails from Biden's time as vice president related to the Ukraine and Burisma. The FOIA request included any and all emails, documents, files, folders, anything used by Biden under the name Robert Peters, Robin Ware, or J.R.B. Ware. Those are the known fake names that fake Joe Biden has been using. And all of those emails have now been requested as part of the Freedom of Information Act. 82,000 pages so far and counting. The due date is December 8th for all of those items to be unearthed and handed over to that Southeastern legal organization. Video of Joe Biden trembling, handing out candy goes viral. We talked about that earlier. The national debt is finally a real world problem, according to an article in Yahoo Finance. For years and years now, budget hawks warned about the damaging effects of the mushrooming national debt, which now stands over $33 trillion. And now those years of speculation have turned into a real-life nightmare of our federal debt load. Thanks, Joe Biden. 
Thanks for doubling the federal debt and deficit in less than three years' time. We're seeing the magnifying impact of Joe Biden's higher interest rates, the higher debt, and the inflation that is causing everything to go up in price. Think about this. If you wanted to borrow money to buy a car in 1984, you probably had about an $8,000 loan. By the time Joe Biden takes office, you now have a house note just to buy a car. Some vehicles running over six figures, and we're not talking exotic sports cars here. We're talking about pickup trucks and SUVs and big sedans. And of course, electric cars, which now cost more than a house cost just 10 years ago. Joe Biden. And then the interest rates to borrow have gone up exponentially as well. So the debt load of those purchases is immense. Now imagine, that's just you and your family. Try the debt load of an entire nation thanks to the runaway spending and even with the high taxes of the Biden administration, they can't keep up with his spending. This man has an unlimited credit card, he thinks, and he doesn't care because he's not going to be around to have to pay the piper. He's fixing to croak of old age. Let's be real. Wow, where'd the time go? Folks, happy Halloween. Please be safe. Wear reflective clothing tonight. Don't run out in front of traffic. Don't drink and drive. We'll see you on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.